Hello and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth, and this is Season 3, Episode 2, Constantly Sharing with DJ Black Daria. DJ Black Daria is a Black and Mexican-American music curator, producer, and DJ. She's a co-host of Everyday Mixtapes on X-Ray FM, along DJ Shishi, and she's a member of Noche Libre DJ Collective. In this episode, she shares with us her recommendations for Black artists to follow and support, how we can use visual art to heal ourselves, elements of creating safe spaces, her favorite crowds to DJ for, advice for Black creatives, and the importance of supporting rural and suburban artists. Here's DJ Black Daria. My name is Janae Etheridge, also known as DJ Black Daria. I was born in the Kaiser Hospital that's now Adidas headquarters. Grew up in Vancouver, Washington, across the river from Portland. My mom immigrated from Mexico City when she was 13, and my dad grew up in Northeast Portland. They met at a club in Portland, so I think that kind of informs my career one of my career choices. I actually got my name because people told me I had a really monotone voice like Daria. And as a Black woman, I've been told I need to smile more and I need to be more presentable. So it's kind of like, you know, F you to everyone who said I needed to perform a certain way to meet their standards. <laughs> Daria was a show on MTV in like the early 2000s, I believe. It was like animated show about this girl named Daria in high school and kind of just her life being in the alternative crowd, but it was done in a very politically mature way for its time. Like some of the topics that they covered were pretty serious for like an MTV animated TV show. She was very deadpan. Her voice was very monotone. Like she didn't have any inflection in her voice or anything like that. So I think it's just taking something that people tried to tweak about me and saying like, this is just the way it is. Take it or leave it. Especially with DJing. It's like you have a lot of freedom to play what you want, kind of play with genres and tempos and all that so yeah I mean it feels nice to embody that honestly I grew up in a pretty religious and pretty sheltered upbringing so as I get older it's been nice to explore my identity and different cultures and just things about Black and Latinx and Brown artists that I didn't really know about until college or after college. Right now it is like celebrating the Black diaspora because I feel like people like to focus on the Black American identity, just seeing like how much Black culture informs so many different types of art and cultures and cuisine and everything. (laughs) That's been informing my art like more and more as I get older and learn more. Artists that come to mind 
are uh okay well carrie <laughs> may lame is a she is really close to me in particular just because she's a black woman who grew up in Port- portland did photography and i just i feel like it's very rare to find black artists that are from portland oregon and also like khalil joseph he is one of the founders of the underground museum in la and he is more like mixed media kind of experimental visual collaging which i love um he has a project called Black News. And the first time I saw that, I was just like, I need to watch this whole thing through. I can't do anything else. (laughs) And then like Emery Douglas, who was the designer for the Black Panthers. Tons of DJs. I mean, DJ Bambona, she's from New York. She's like Black Latina DJ. My artistic vision right now is using visuals and audio to heal because lately, like we've seen it's been used for trauma especially for black folks that's my main intention is just healing and just normalizing black and brown folks doing fun shit and normal shit that's not for any clout or to make someone a new meme it's just (laughs) people dancing or having a good time another thing that informs my work is being in club culture portland it's a little different because we're a pretty mellow city I think being able to have black and brown bodies in a safe space can really change the mood dramatically when you don't have to worry about if your drink's going to get roofied or, you know, the security guard is going to kick your friend out who came to see you DJ, which has happened to me before. When those factors aren't present, it really changes the energy. I'm in the Noche Libre DJ Collective, which is a all Latinx DJ collective based in Portland. And We were doing monthly dance parties where we played all kinds of music from our childhood and new reggaeton, old cumbia, 90s reggaeton, dembo, dance hall, all kinds of genres. So that's been a nice way to channel all those different diasporic types of art through music. Like for Noche Libre, we're all queer, women of color or you know people of color and I feel like people who go dance like to see the DJ reflected in them right like they want to go to to dance and see like oh that person looks like me I feel more comfortable at least that's how I am because I barely ever see black women DJ in Portland so I think diversifying your DJ lineup, (laughs) thinking about where you're promoting your events and having a good relationship with the venue owner or manager and having trust in them and them having trust in you. I've had situations where, yeah, the security guard kicked my friend out for no good reason. And then I've had other situations where I know the security guard has our back. And if we say this person is being inappropriate, then they'll kick that person out, no question. I also just wanted to to shout out some other like culture, like club cultures in particular that I think are making safe space spaces in Portland. There's the Uwu DJ Collective. It's just UWU, but it's all queer, trans, or non-binary people of color who DJ. They just seem to have like the best time. <laughs> like those are the spaces that I feel like we should just people should just be paying them to go DJ at those events because I think those are hard to come by. 
Also, DJ Anjali, who's like a DJ auntie to a lot of people I know in Portland, just because she's been around for longer than us. She's been holding it down for like the Indian and like South Asian communities and and their parties are always really fun. I've DJed for Thrapital and like people just straight up want to dance. They don't even care what music is playing and like that's the best crowd in my opinion to, to DJ for. <laughs> So I was reading this interview with Arthur Jaffa, who I just became familiar with. Uh, they said in the interview something like, if you take Black folks' race and history and oppression away, what is left in our art? And I think about that, and I'm like, okay, well, what art am I showing if all of that isn't doesn't exist? But... I mean, in my, in my reality and in my lifetime, that's never going to be, you know, a reality. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so I do think about how art can, like, inspire people who are more quiet, are more, like, maybe they don't have the capacity or the ability to do things like go to a protest. Maybe they are taking care of, like, an elder or they have past trauma from big crowds or they, you know, don't have the physical ability to go. So I feel like for those people, art is a really great way to send a message or to share your voice, especially in like street art. There's an artist in New York. Her name is Tatiana Fazla Lizade. Sorry, Tatiana. But she's Black and Iranian and she does these really giant pieces in New York that are just kind of, it's usually an illustrated portrait of a Black woman. And it'll have a text that says, stop telling Black women to smile, or, you know, I'm not here for your consumption, something like that. And they're displayed, they're huge, they're really big, things like that, that, you know, if you can't be at the protest, you can be creative in other ways and have a voice. I do hope that in the future, that art is more accessible because when I when I grew up there was not much art education at all it wasn't really anything I've ever considered in my family too I mean but I do think that organizations like the Re Regional Arts and Culture Council like Open Signal like S1 they're all like bridging that gap for people which is really amazing I feel like I've been thinking more about the power of media and accessibility. And I use YouTube a lot to find really old, like deep cuts. Like you can't find the song anywhere else besides on YouTube. And I feel like I find a lot of joy in YouTube and, and just public media, just seeing what's out there and compiling things. And I'm realizing that like my deep black holes where I'm just looking through like all of these older house 45s from like the 80s are different than some other folks like I really have been thinking about that more and just realizing that like wow I was in my own bubble of like music and 90s R&B music videos and not thinking about like all the other shit that's out there seek out artists that don't look like you I I honestly need to work on this more 
because I get stuck in my world. But thinking about the other types of diasporas that are out there, you know, like. One exercise that I had was I took a social media break and I was off of it for like a month. Yeah, like I was just more calm in general, less stressed out, less frustrated. I was focused more on projects like finding music or making mixes or learning like music production. Like I just, it was so helpful. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I got back on social media. I was just way more distracted, constantly checking channels again. I thought my addiction like was gone, but it's not at all. <laughs> I'm already looking forward to taking another social media break. And I feel like, I know it's hard, but it was like a game changer for me. Like social media can be a place for people to let go and be distracted, but also to experience new trauma like all the time. We just think it's normal. Another really nice routine to have is just constantly sharing whatever your art is or whatever art you're interested in with someone who appreciates it and can return the favor. Just find and follow artists who inspire you, especially artists who are alive today because like people are dropping knowledge all the time, but we like to romanticize people that aren't here anymore, I think finding artists who are active that you can communicate with that you can follow on instagram like that seems like a beautiful thing and there's a lot out there <laughs> i honestly didn't really consider myself as an artist until very recently i was just like i'm a curator i'm a playlist maker i didn't really call myself an artist and like it just wasn't really in my upbringing. Like I didn't grow up around a super musical family. It's not like I, I started playing piano when I was six years old or something like that. So I would say like keep creating for yourself if you don't think you're an artist, but you love whatever your art is. Create it for yourself and then eventually it kind of just transforms and grows and evolves uh, without you even knowing. Sometimes it take, you have to take a break to, to, to get there. And my final piece of advice for black and brown artists is to double your rate. That's it. <laughs> they have the money. I think we like to focus on one black person dying at a time, but the reality is it happens a lot. A lot of stuff doesn't make the news even. If you don't know who Breonna Taylor is, you should look her up. <laughs> it's okay to be uncomfortable and have hard conversations. I've been having a lot of them lately. And me as a black woman, I'm still learning. So, you know, if you're white, then you should be fine. <laughs> like, it's okay to be uncomfortable as long as you're open to learning and taking criticism and being open to changing your mind about things or changing your opinion about things. Then yeah, I mean, do the work, do the hard work.
If you'd like to follow DJ Black Daria's work, you can check out her Instagram at DJ Black Daria. That's D-J-B-L-A-C-K-D-A-R-I-A. Future Prairie is sponsored by 89.9 All Classical Portland, a classical radio station serving the Pacific Northwest. Tune into their live programs, read their blogs covering the classical music scene, and watch free online performances at allclassical.org. This episode was written and produced by me, Joni Whitworth, and edited by Matt Larimer. If you have any questions or feedback about the show, please feel free to reach out at any time at futureprairie.com or on our social media at futureprairie.